Yay, thank you. All right. It's good to be back. So there's no trans translator during announcements, but not during message. God, well, that gives me more time. <laughs> Preachers like that. <laughs> you know, you know what it means if a, a preacher, while he's preaching, looks at his watch? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so great to see Ian and Sarah. Get to meet you guys. Yes, fellow Nevadans. Ely, Round Mountain. Yeah, there's no place. You know, I, we pastored for 10 years in Round Mountain, Nevada, and come to Arizona, I kind of like it because it looks the same. <laughs> a little warmer, that is true, but it looks the same. I, I was in the desert so long that I started to think light brown was green. <laughs> yeah, we're um, standing in faith for Ben. Got to pray over him. And yeah, I love Ben Diaz, Kara. Just great leaders. Just love to partner with people like that, with vision in this house. And, and the Lord's doing something here. Just say the Lord's doing something here. It's bigger than you know. Mm -hmm. But what God's doing in us and through us is always bigger than we know. I believe the Lord's doing 7,000 times more than we think he's doing. Got scripture to back that up. Elijah ended up in a cave in 1 Kings 19. Any of you ever done cave time? <laughs> yeah, I've done cave time. He was in a physical cave and a spiritual cave. The signs of a spiritual cave are that what you think is true is not true, even though it feels really true. Let me say that again. The sign of a spiritual cave is what you think is true is not true even though it feels really true. And because of tiredness, disappointment, and spiritual warfare, Elijah was in a cave. And he said this to the Lord. And he thought it was true. I mean, you know, prophets don't even always get it right. I'm the only one left. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I'm it, God. Aren't you glad you have me? <laughs> if I don't know it's happening, it's not happening. <laughs> and the Lord said, by the way, this is a, there's a cave extracting anointing is going to, is being released in this meeting. And by the way, this is a cave extracting meeting. The Lord says, I've got 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. 
In other words, Mr. Prophet, there's 7,000 times more going on than you think is going on. Someone say, that's good news. That's good news. I've got a great team with me. I want them to stand. They're going to help me close tonight. We've got Renee right here. Say hi, Renee. we got Robert. Say hi, Robert. got Charlotte. Say hi, Charlotte. And Robert and Charlotte are married. They're third-year students, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading. We've got the nations represented. El Salvador, UK, Hong Kong. Hmm. I love, man, we were thinking about promises tonight. Anybody else pick that up? That was, that was such good worship. Thank you. You know, we've been locked down in California for so long. Let's laugh at that, too. <laughs> man, just getting out. Woo, freedom! <laughs> Get to worship. and All of your promises are yes and amen. I was thinking about rainbows. If you had a, I, I want to do something tonight. Um, if you've got a rainbow in your house, on your car, a picture of a rainbow, something, uh, just stand up right now. Who, who has that? You got one. Mm-hmm. Anybody um, drawn a picture of a rainbow in the last two years? If that's you, stand up as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow, okay. Here, here's what I'm, I'm just, I'm hearing. This is just for everybody, but especially for those standing. You, you are a promise releaser. Just say, I'm a promise releaser. And, and those of you standing especially, I want to say this to you that you're going to get revelation about the promises of God like never before. And you're going to see the promises, and you're going to understand the promises, and you're going to understand why it's called the promised land, why it's called the promised land, and how that connects into our life right now and how promises are, are the key. It says, in, in, this is a verse for you, it says in Second Peter 1, 4, he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And I see that those of you who are standing, that you're going to take promises to the nations. You're going to take promises to the nations. Faith comes by hearing. In hearing by the word of God, and I just see your proclaimers. I see you on platforms. I see you in social media. I see you uh, with creative ways. I see you with clothing that has promises on them that, that's going to create a, a, a movement. You guys receive that? Just say, I receive it. Amen, amen. I love that. Well, anyhow, quick bio on me. <laughs> just so you know who's talking to you. Um, just give you the bullet points. 
grew up North Coast, California, Redwood Tree Country. My dad was a Redwood Tree timber faller, didn't know Jesus as a boy, graduated high school, basically became a hippie, actually had hair. <laughs> and tried things hippies try and finally met Jesus. Someone say yay. And I found out this, there's no high like the most high. Married my hippie girlfriend, Wendy, a couple years later. We've been married over 40 years and started going to Assembly of God Church. Was on, eventually became on staff of that church for 13 years. Moved to Nevada in 1991 and had 10 years there, great 10 years pastoring and then moved to Weaverville. I met Bill Johnson who's the senior leader at Bethel Church. Many of you know him. Great move of God at Bethel right now. Bill Johnson's the leader. Met him in 91 when I invited him to come and speak at our church in Nevada. It was a decision above my ability to make such a great decision. Just release that as a testimony over you right now. And then pastored seven years in, in Weaverville, California, where Bill Johnson was before he came to Bethel in Redding. It's an hour west of Redding in the mountains. Came on staff, Bethel Church, 2008, and worked in a department called the Bethel Leaders Network. We got a few Bethel Leaders Network. Just give a wave if you're a part of that. Yep. Got a whole crew over there. <clears throat> and that's the part of Bethel that leaders, especially church leaders, who say, we want more. Of, of what's at Bethel. We want that in our ministry, our lives. We want a connection. We want to help. We want to belong, and we want to help push this thing forward. They connect through the Bethel Leaders Network. And my wife and I have a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. It's our assignment. We should, maybe we should have called it Hope Explosion Ministries. That, that, that sounds kind of, you know, ignite, explode. That's our, that's our assignment, is, is to ignite hope. Because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. Let me say that again. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. It's unstoppable. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. I believe our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope is the most influence. God loves, I, I did this when I was here before, but I want to do it again. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. I want to say that again. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine David attacking Goliath today? <laughs> Hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just reading what the media experts are saying. <laughs> They're saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. They're saying you shouldn't have such high beliefs. 
What they're saying is you should actually go back to the fields and settle for life as it is and make it your life goal to pay your bills every month. Because <laughs> what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> hey, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we just want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. The experts are saying you must not know how dry those bones really are or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a deeper study on the bone's dryness. <laughs> so that you become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying is when you actually, when you speak to the bones, nothing's gonna happen. Let's laugh at that as well. <laughs> God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural. Just say, I am supernatural. I want you to say this. Just say, God brought me here tonight because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's preparing me for something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me tonight. It's supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. Amen. That makes me happy. I like to have people do two things when I minister. One is I like to have people say things. And we're going to be talking more about that later. Because if something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. And I've got to hear something higher than I'm experiencing to experience something higher. And the only time I used to say anything higher than what I was experiencing is, is if I was singing worship songs. I used to get irritated at worship leaders because they would have me sing the same phrase over and over again. I'd think, I want to move on. I want to move on and say something else. <laughs> or I want to just move on and get to the sermon, the good stuff. The Lord says, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. The only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing is if there's music to it. Because I got, I got to have something to work with. I mean... Both the, the devil and God need our words to accomplish their will. And so I, I'm on a journey of saying things without music. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I want you to say, uh, I'll never be the same again after this meeting. The other thing I like to do is like to have people laugh at things. And those of you who were at the last time with me, you, you remember that. Those of you who are new, let me just say it this way. I used to be a joy-impaired, laughter-impaired Christian. 
and I got delivered. <laughs> I know. How many know the joy of the Lord is, is your strength? How many know a merry heart is good like medicine? In his presence is what? Halfness of joy? Oh, fullness. Wow, fullness of joy. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of joy. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons, say weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. The whole context of that is strongholds in our own thinking. If you go on later, it says, Take every thought captive is the only command. So one of the ways to start disempowering the negative strongholds in our lives is to laugh at the lies creating them. So this may be new for some of you, but I'm gonna, I want to do an experiment with you, okay? I'm a spiritual experimenter. Just, can you just do something? Just warm up your laugher first. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. All of you guys in Arizona, it doesn't take as much maybe to warm up your laugher as maybe a Nevada winner. <laughs> I gotta really warm them up. <laughs> now, because to laugh, you have to let go of something. If you're gonna laugh, you gotta let go. And I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep, and there's sometimes brave communication, or sometimes, you know, we grieve for things. But um, I never used to really laugh, I didn't value laughter. And I value it right now because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Laughter is not all of joy, but it's a part of joy. And a merry heart is good medicine. And one of the ways to keep ourselves physically and spiritually healthy is through laughter. And again, to laugh, we have to let go of something. I, I've, been, I've been married to Wendy over 40 years. We love each other. We're best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> and when we're not agreeing, especially when I think she's really wrong, I'm not laughing. Because if I laugh, she'll think things are okay around here. <laughs> I don't want her to think things are okay, so I'm not laughing. Wendy, I'm a victim of you. Wendy, my... My joy depends on your behavior. Wendy, for me to walk in biblical joy, I need you to do what I think you should be doing. Yep, let's laugh at that. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. It's a little nervous out there. <laughs> Just gonna... <laughs> but when I finally laugh, <laughs> how many know I let go of that thing? Whatever that thing was, anger, manipulation, frustration. Because you can't hold on to those and laugh at the same time. And you really can't hold on to the lies, frustration, the, the, the mindsets that lies create, frustration, anger, fear, unworthiness, etc., and laugh at the same time. So this, the, these meetings, I love the purpose of every meeting and every conference. I mean, there's different purposes for conferences. There's different purposes for ministries that people have. 
And one of the, the purposes of this weekend is for our own personal breakthrough. You know what I'm hearing is going to happen this weekend? People are going to get delivered from pessimism. People are going to get uh, delivered from a lack of hope. People are going to overcome and get breakthrough over spirits of heaviness, unworthiness, victim mindsets. It's going to happen. It's already happening. It happened in worship. It started in worship. This is a weekend of breakthrough. Something's going to get on us this weekend. And we're going to have to fight really hard for it not to get on us. Because <laughs> it's going to get on us. And so this may be new. And, and just, just, just this is a time just to kind of let go. Let go of the riverbank and let God take you somewhere. Let him take you somewhere. Trust him. And the Christian life is meant to be enjoyable. So you guys ready to laugh at a few lies? Here we go. All right, I'm just going to give you some of the devil's all-time favorite lies. And just after each one, just do an experiment. Just laugh. Some of them are going to be easy to laugh at. <laughs> this is going to be deeper lies, and you might laugh like this. Because <laughs> you're actually getting delivered from something. But it's a fun deliverance. All right, here we go. Let's just, this is one of his all-time favorites, probably in his top ten list. We all, we all hear this one. We all hear the same lies. Um, let's laugh at this. You are a failure. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh at that one. <laughs> you are a failure. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you are a failure. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Oh, man. All right, here's one. God loves you, but he does not like you. Ha, <laughs> ha, God will not provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Here's, here's another one of his classics. You are the only one who feels the way you feel. <laughs> Here's a lie I camped in for about a decade. Sometimes still feels a little true. 
There's something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> How about this one? The Phoenix, um, Arizona region is an impossible region for worldwide revival to break out from. <laughs> Matter of fact, God doesn't even like this region. <laughs> <laughs> in key decisions that you will need to make in the future, you will not know what to do. <laughs> and if you make the wrong decision, God won't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeks starting to hurt. Couple more. We'll, we'll we'll just do this. We'll sprinkle these in in the meetings because laughter cleans out the pipes. I read a study that little children laugh on average of four hundred times a day. Someone say yay. Same study said adults only laugh 15 times a day. Somebody say, boo, boo. I want to grow up and become childlike. A couple more. How about this? Um, <clears throat> this is kind of a seasonal lie, so I want you just to, it's going to be a little bit of a longer lie, so I need you to exercise self-control and try not to laugh, try not to laugh until the end of the lie. <laughs> okay. I've got faith in, mo in most of you. <laughs> Here we go. Um, because of the coronavirus, national unrest, and massive uncertainty for the future, you have already reached the height of your lifetime influence, and now your influence is just going to decline. <laughs> <laughs> Things are so bad in America, even God doesn't know what to do. <laughs> and then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. <laughs> I like I like it when my team still laughs at that one. <laughs> I mean, they've heard that multiple times. And they, they still think it's, I don't know if they really think it's funny or just giving me a courtesy laugh. <laughs> oh, my. Thank you, Lord, just for your joy.
Thank you for a merry heart. And there may be people in the room, you're going through stuff, and you just, you couldn't laugh. That's, that's fine. It's okay. And, and we just, we speak grace, and we speak just freedom, and just whatever, whatever is happening, just the Holy Spirit just massively work. But joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It comes. If, it, if you don't have it yet, it's coming. Just say it's coming. Why don't you guys just uh, turn to your neighbor and say, I think this meeting is just for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's what I want to do. I want, just want to share a message tonight. Just what do you know? What do you know? When I was pastoring in Nevada, I'd phone up a guy, and he would answer in a non-traditional way. He would answer the phone this way. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? He's a rancher-type guy out there. He is, what do you know? Kind of irritated me. I wish he would answer in a more traditional hello. <laughs> then one day, I'm calling heaven in prayer. Guess how God answered me. What do you know? <laughs> Steve, what do you know? It's a powerful question. I mean, what am I confident in and what I believe? And I love Matthew 4 4. It says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is where Jesus is being tempted by the devil. The devil tempts him after he's baptized and has the heavens open and hears the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He went into the desert and he was tempted. And the devil said, turn these stones into bread. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the, the, the Greek word that's translated word there is rhema. Now, there's two words, Greek words, that are translated, main words that are translated word in English. One is logos, one is rhema. So in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the logos, and the logos was with God, and the logos was God. So the Logos is really the whole <clears throat> overall word of God. And a rhema is an individual part of the word of God that God makes real to you. Let me put it this way. A Logos could be a, a suit that you could just buy at a store. Uh, a rhema is a tailored suit that's made exactly for you made exactly for you. It's, it's the word of God that has been made alive that's very specific for you. And so we live by rhema word. We live by what we believe God has told us. So the quality of my life depends on my identifying what I believe God has said to me. Let me say that again. The quality of my life depends on my identifying what I believe God has said to me. And the more I can say, I believe God has said this, 
the more I'll live. Now, most of the things that we, we, we say, I believe God has said to us, we haven't heard an audible voice. Very, some of us, some people have heard audible voices and, and have just that type of supernatural phenomenon. But most of us conclude, say conclude, most of us conclude what we believe God has told us. And then we attach faith to it and we say, God has told me this. In, in Acts 16, Paul tried to go, the apostle Paul was reaching out to people. He tried to go in a place called Bithynia and Mysia, but he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit and by the Spirit of Jesus from going there. He was trying to do something, but he had a check. He was blocked. Anybody ever tried to do something, but you had a check in your spirit or you were just forbidden? Yep. And, and, and then he had a, a vision of the people from Macedonia saying, come and help us. And I love where it says in the New King James Version in Acts 16, it says he concluded that the Lord said to go to Macedonia. And, and that's most of what we do in our life is that we conclude. And the, I can put up a lot of junk uh, if I've got a word from the Lord. I can put up with a lot of uncertainty in my life if I've got a word. I can put up with a lot of outward non-success if I've got a word. That's how in the first few years out in Nevada, all we had was a word. We did not look successful. <laughs> Matter of fact, I mean, God's, God's way of making great leaders, and by the way, I'm speaking to great leaders today. Just say I'm a great leader. <clears throat> And God's way of making great leaders is to make them successful on the inside when they don't look successful on the outside. I mean, I was out there in Nevada. I, we, let me just laugh at these areas that were telling us that we were not successful. We had a non-successful car. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh -huh. We had a non-successful salary and bank account. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. My hair was starting to get non-successful. <laughs> My church size was not successful. We're laughing at these, huh? Yeah. My home, which was a single wide old trailer next to the church called the Parsonage, was not successful. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> that was the season the Lord says, I'm going to teach you how to live by a word, by what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you in promise and identity and direction. And so I'm going to just give you just three things, three things to know. <clears throat> Number one is know what to believe. Two is know what to say. And three is know what to do. Number one is know what to believe. It's important to know what to believe because the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good behavior. It's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant, the Old Testament was moved forward by good behavior. The new covenant is moved forward by good beliefs. We're called believers. It should tip us off on what we're supposed to be doing. 
The, the, the greatest question is not, Lord, what should I do? The greatest question is, Lord, what should I believe? I'll say that again. The greatest question is not, Lord, what should I do? The, the greater question than that is, what should I believe? Now, we have beliefs in five areas of life. We have beliefs about God. We have beliefs about ourself. We have beliefs about the people in our life. We have beliefs about the circumstances around us that we're seeing. And then we have beliefs about our decisions. There's an interesting verse in Galatians 3, verses 1 to 5. And I love the book of Galatians. And by the way, I think I said this here last time, but I'm hearing that somebody within the sound of my voice is going to uh, memorize the book of Galatians. And it's going to change everything. I minister in a church in Germany, and they got a ministry school, and they have the students write out the book of Galatians by hand. Because he says if they, if they get Galatians, they'll stay in grace and won't, won't revert back to new old covenant thinking. Galatians 3, verses 1 to 5, Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? This one thing I want to know from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Someone say, boo. Or by the hearing of faith? Yay. <laughs> are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? I love it. You know what, you know what it means to be in the flesh? What it means to be in the flesh is that you think God's more concerned about what you do than what you believe. That's flesh. And he says in verse 5, he who supplies miracles to you, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Someone say boo. Or by the hearing of faith? Yay. <laughs> it's a hearing of faith. The same way you get into the kingdom is the same way you advance in the kingdom. It's by hearing good news and believing it. That's the same way we get in. Yep, I heard good news. Woohoo! You don't have to work. You don't have to be good enough. Jesus already did it. Just believe and just say he's Lord. Call him Lord. Hmm. You get saved. You believe with your mouth. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. And so, what what we believe, and just being con convinced that what I believe is more important than what I do, and I'm I'm all for doing things, but right living comes from right believing. And so, I I, I can't put the cart before the horse. I mean, you know, if you put the cart before the horse, you're not going to move very well. <laughs> Obviously, believing in Jesus is, is most important. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. 
We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. Jesus said in John 8, 32, the truth will make you what? Free. And so the battle is really between what I believe, whether I'm going to believe truth or whether I'm going to believe lies. And the question is, how do we know if we're believing a lie? Because the nature of deception is we don't know we're deceived. Once we know we're deceived, we're no, we're no longer deceived. <laughs> That's taught in deception class 101. <laughs> yeah, you just because what you we don't know we're deceived. Here, uh, here's how I've uh, how I began to understand in what areas of my life I was deceived in. And this this ties into hope explosion. A quote by Francis Frangipan changed my life. Great author, speaker. He said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that in a book. I close the book and become instantly discouraged. Because <laughs> I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. Ha ha. No, actually, let's not laugh at that. <laughs> 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 I had great doctrine, but bad beliefs. Good doctrine. Jesus is God, the authority of Scripture, salvation by grace through faith alone, but I had bad beliefs. Bad beliefs about me, God, other people. And he, he started to identify every area where you don't have great hope, you have a bad belief. Oh, that's every area. Well, Steve, at least now you know what your problem is. Because if you don't know what your problem is, you have a real problem. <laughs> I used to think the devil was my problem. And I know there's times where we deal directly with the devil. We need to do that. But he's not our biggest problem. I used to think my past was my problem. That's my problem. I have better past. I, got, no. I used to think the people in my life were my problem. If I had better people around me, I could do something. <laughs> I thought God's preordained plan that had put limits on me was my problem, which is a lie, but that's what I believe. God, God had preordained me with limits, with limitations, and I could only go so far. That's just a ridiculous lie because God's an equal opportunity God. He's an, he, he, he's an equal opportunity for individuals, churches, cities, He's equal. up there. He hasn't predestined anybody for mediocrity. He has said, this is, this is as far as you can go, Steve. Yep, some can go to level 10. The highest you can go is level 3. Let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> uh ha. -huh. When you get into beliefs, you talk about Romans 12 too. It says, <clears throat> do not be conformed to this world. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. Whoo! Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's laugh at this. Romans 12.2 is actually a mistranslation. What it meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. Ha-ha. <laughs> Give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> no, it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by believing, by believing something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. And I love that because there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. Someone just say no limits. Let's just laugh at this. The best you can hope for is just to be an average person. <laughs> Someone say no limits. no limits. Number one is know what to believe. What do you know? Know what to believe. And I, mean, I could go off on that, but let's 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 move to number two. <laughs> Know, know what to say. What do you know? But what, what do I know to say? Because we can't change our life without changing how we talk. If you and I start analyzing why we say what we say, and start changing what we say, we can accelerate the radical change in our life. James 3.2 is a fascinating verse. It says, uh, if you can bridle your tongue, you can bridle your body. In other words, it says, if you can control what you say, you can control your life. It goes on in that chapter, James 3, it says that the tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. The tongue is the directing agent of our whole life. Whatever we talk a lot about, we get pulled towards. Whatever you want to see in your future, you, whatever you're going to do to get there, whatever dream, whatever goal, whatever vision, whatever influence you want to have, one of the most important things is to say something, is to say you're there. I was out in the desert hardly influencing sagebrush. And the Lord had me say, I want you to say I radically influence nations. Just say I radically influence nations. Say it again. Say it louder. And I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of argued with God. I said, well, I, I, shouldn't I wait? I thought you said, thou shalt not lie. Shouldn't I wait until I'm radically influencing nations before I say I'm radically influencing nations? I mean, that just, uh, that just sounds weird. I don't want to be one of those name it and claim it, blab it and grab it guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you say, well, do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before we call it an apple tree? <clears throat> no. Mm -mm. Even if the apple tree is too young to have apples, we're not confused about its identity. If that apple tree could talk, it's too young to have apples, and the apple tree said, I have the gift of apples. We wouldn't try to rebuke it. We just agree. That's true. This hasn't come yet. Because we don't get our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we're created to do. Romans 4.17 says, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. That's how God gives life to dead things. Someone calls it alive. Somebody calls it by its true identity before it's in the experience of it. That's how, that's how life is brought. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love what? Those who love the revelation that life is in the power of the tongue will eat the fruit of their past words. Just say, life is in the power of the tongue. Say it again. Louder. We're called to be thermostats, not thermometers. I used to be only a thermometer in my thinking and speaking. I'm tired. Everybody's tired. We're poor. This place is hard for the gospel. <laughs> Nobody around here wants to get saved. Things are only getting worse. <clears throat> Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. He called me on that one. Steve, how can you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Uh, well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> That's why I say it. And he said, it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because all you renew your mind with is your past. All you speak is your experience. All you use your words for is to describe your life, not to change your life. So I've called you to be thermostatic, and I'm talking to thermostatic people today who set a new temperature. Leadership, because leaders are thermostatic. Thermostatic people think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. Just say, I'm thermostatic. What do you know? I, I know what to say. I mean, it says out of Matthew 12, 4, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, 
What's the mouth do? The mouth speaks. And so I'm a student in my own words. I love to hear what I say because my words reflect my beliefs. The words I'm using in this message tonight reflect my beliefs about you. What I believe about you frames the choice of words I use. Because out of the abundant heart of the mouth, heart, the mouth speaks. And you know, uh, I asked the Lord, who am I talking to? And you know what I hear from him about you? He says, Steve, you're talking to great people. You're talking to great people tonight. Don't, don't look so humble out there. <laughs> you are great. We're all great. Pride doesn't mean you don't. I mean, pride doesn't mean you think you're great. Pride just means you think you're greater than other people. We're all great. We all, we all got greatness in us. So I, lo I love saying things. And I remember just, just to, I'll give you an example. Know what to say. He, he's been talking to me lately. He says, Steve, I want you to change your language from I have to to I get to. I find myself saying I have to go to the meeting. I have to pay the bill. I have to uh, uh, <clears throat> mow the lawn. He says, I, I, I don't want you to say that anymore. It's kind of like Jeremiah and Jeremiah 1. God says, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah says, uh, but I'm only a youth. He says, do not say you're only a youth. Don't say it. And there's, there's many things the Lord is, is going to, on our journey of breakthrough and greater influence, all of us are going to hear him speaking to us, don't say that anymore. We're going to hear it. Well, you've, you've already heard it. But as we go higher, he's gonna, we're going to hear it more. Don't say it anymore. Parents naturally tell their kids, don't say, I can't do that. Don't say, I can't. Because we know if they keep saying, I can't, it just, faith comes by hearing. It just builds a stronghold. They can't. They, they build a limitation in their life. He says, I want you to say, I get to. Man, just say, I get to be in these meetings. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, here we go. And then the third one is this. You guys good out there? All right, here we go. What do you know? We know this. We know what to believe. We know what to say. Then we know what to do. We know what to do. Just say, I always know what to do. It's amazing. Those who believe they always know what to do, always know what to do. It's amazing how that works. I used to say, Lord, I'll believe when I see. Is that okay with you? He said, no. It's not okay with me. Because anybody can believe when they see. The nature of faith is you believe before you see. You believe before you see it in your experience. And so, know what to do. We look at man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, so much of the quality of my life depends on my being confident that I'm doing what he wants me to do. 
doubt and double-mindedness is the enemy, one of the enemies of great influencers. Wherever I'm in doubt, I'm open season to the enemy. It's hunting season for Steve. His picture's on the tree. And I know this, many sincere Christians are, are, have the most difficulty of attaching faith to what they're doing because of a fear of being wrong. I want to please you so much, Lord, I'm afraid I might not be doing what you want me to do. And living in doubt. I mean, James 1, 5 through 8 is a powerful verse that says, James 1, 5 says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously, say generously, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But, but then it goes on. These verses used to discourage me. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for you doubt is like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. Let not that man believe and receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Ha <laughs> ha. Used to read that and get depressed. That's me. I'm just double-minded. But then I found out, woo, that's actually, if, if our interpretation of Scripture is that doesn't give us hope, we're probably not interpreting it right. By the way, let me just give you one verse, go back to the glistening hope. I didn't give you a scriptural support for that. Romans 15, 13 supports that quote that where I don't have glistening hope, I'm believing a lie. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that verse tells us that the moment we believe truth is the moment we get filled by the God of hope. I'll probably get into that tomorrow. But this whole thing about being in doubt... For instance, if I, if you are doubting you should live in where you live, you're doubting if you should have the job you have, if you're doubting if you should be uh, in the, the ministry you're in, you're doubting whether you should be in the relationship that you're in, you're doubting whatever, those doubts are, are going to undermine what God has called you to do. Because wherever I'm getting, wherever I'm double-minded, wherever I don't know what to do, I've had seasons in my life where the Lord has said, Steve, I want you to make a list of every area where you're doubt, in doubt or double-minded in. Just make a list. I mean, it could be as simple as I, I am double-minded about how to respond to what my family member's doing. I think, I just, unsure, I'm doubting. Should I say something? Should I not say? Should I confront? Should I just pray? Should I, okay, that, 
I put that on the list. He says, Steve, you got to nail that thing down. You got to nail that thing down. I'm in doubt about a financial commitment. You got to nail that thing down. I'm in doubt whether I should be doing in this particular meeting that I've committed to every week. Yep, I'm in doubt. I, I go there, not in faith. I put it on a list. Know what to do. No. And it's amazing. You just start praying over those. Lord, give me wisdom. Start. And I'll, I'll give you a couple keys here in a moment. There's, there's a couple power verses I want to give you on this, and then we're going to begin to wrap this up. What do you know? What do you know? It's a verse in Romans 14, 5 that is so, it's one of those verses that just, it got me. It says, one day esteems one day. One person esteems one day. Another esteems every day alike. Then it says this, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Say fully convinced. Now the Lord is leading us to be fully convinced. I am with people. I'm with influencers tonight. I mean, you're, if you're in the Friday night meeting, you're serious about God or someone serious brought you. But it's interesting, that verse, Romans 14, 5, says one person thinks basically the Sabbath one day. Another person thinks the Sabbath every day. Then Paul says, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Basically, two people could have a different conclusion on the Sabbath, and God would say, you're both right. Someone just go, hmm, 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 hmm. Two people could have a different opinion, conviction on what to do about the coronavirus and both be right. Why don't you give another? Mm. <laughs> oh. You mean someone could not think what I think and still be okay? I don't know. I don't know about that. These California guys, they got... Some wild ideas. Ha <laughs> ha. I remember looking at that verse and basically heard this. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. And I'm not talking about sinning in faith. Because the Bible makes certain things very clear. But there's so many things. God says you do the best job you know how to do in figuring it out, and then you decide, then you attach faith to it. You attach faith. Whew. Another verse. 2 Corinthians 9, Paul, it's a great giving chapter. And in the middle of that, he says this, but each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a what? Cheerful giver. One of the most empowering verses in the whole Bible. I mean, what? Woo! God says, yeah, I trust you. 
I trust you. I trust you to figure it out. How much you're going to give in time to something. How much you're going to give in money to something. How much you're going to give in your emotion to something. I trust you. You decide. Man, you know, I, slaves are always waiting for a command. Woo, tell me what to do, God. Tell, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. God says, no, I want you because I'm growing you up. Because you're going to know what to do. And I'm training you to know what to do. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I, this principle is so much bigger than giving. It's, it's God loves a cheerful decider. God loves a cheerful decider. I believe cheerfulness is one of the main evidences we've attached faith to the decisions we've made. Faithfulness is not just showing up, it's how you think when you show up. I used to think, well, I'm here, I'm faithful. Amen. I'm one of the remnant. Other people aren't here, but I'm here. And again, I mean, part of growing up is you show up when you don't feel like showing up. How many of you know that? You got, if we don't get that, if we only show up when we feel like showing up, we're, we're, we've got to grow up. But ultimately, it's not about showing up. It's how you think when you show up. You show up faithful. You show up full of faith. I, I'm, there, there's three ways we can do things. There's three ways we can do, whether it's a, our job, whether it's a ministry commitment, whether it's coming to a meeting, what, how we do our marriage, how we pay a bill. There's three ways we can do it. Number one is we can do it reluctantly or under compulsion. You know what that means? I'm going to do it, but I don't want to do it. Yep, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm trapped. I got to do it. But I don't want to do it. It's one way. The Bible calls that a dead work. It's called a dead work. Whew. Hebrews 6 talks about six elementary principles of Christ. The first one is repentance from dead works. It's the first one, number one, out of the six powerful things in Ephesians, Hebrews 6, repentance from dead works. A dead work is, a, is something we're doing that we haven't attached faith to. Number two, the way we can do things is passively. Yep, I don't have negative emotions, but I'm just here waiting to see what happens. I hope it's a good meeting. I hope things get better. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and the third way we can do things is by faith. And this is this 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 truth I'm giving you is for history makers. This will change your life. This will absolutely change your life. 
because I'm looking at any area of my life where I have an attached faith to. I don't want to ever go to a meeting that I have an attached faith to. And sometimes I do because I'm still growing. I'm still maturing. I celebrate progress, not perfection in my life, but at least I know what my problem is. It's um, anytime we attach faith to what we do, we get energy, power, and cheerfulness. Before this meeting, I said, this is going to be a great meeting. I said it to myself. I told my team, this is going to be a great meeting. You know why I said that? Because there's always part of me that doesn't want to believe that. Part of me that just wants to go through the motion. I got another meeting. Yeah, another meeting. That's what I do. <laughs> Meetings. I don't care if there's only two people here. I'm attaching a faith to it. I don't care if there's 5,000. I'm attaching faith. I don't care what it is. Because I'm in training to attach my faith to what I do right now. Because I'm going somewhere. Just say, I'm going somewhere. I wake up pretty much every morning and I say these words and I got my declaration clicker. We got some of these on the table. <clears throat> this, this is a tally counter. It's spiritually flammable. <laughs> Thank you for that. I wake up pretty much every morning. I, I'll, I'll get my clickers by my coffee pot. It's sitting there. Reminds me. Oh, that's right. You got to say it. This is going to be the best day of my life yet. This is a day of victory and breakthrough. This is going to be my best day spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, family-wise, miracle-wise, salvation-wise. And usually when I say it, I don't feel it at all. I don't feel that. Because lies sound more real to me in the morning than any other time. I wake up. <laughs> You're a failure. I feel true. I don't hear that every morning, but I, 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 there's, there's, there's parts of that. But the moment I start attaching faith to my day, I get energy, power, and cheerfulness. You say, well, you, you shouldn't attach faith to something because what if it's not your best day yet? <laughs> shouldn't you wait to the end of the day and just then describe your day? No. It's not, that's passive. I'm not called to be passive. I've only got one shot at this thing. I mean, sports teams... They're not passive in the locker room before the game. They're not in there, well, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, not too good. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's just try not to lose too badly today. <laughs> yep. Let's try not to get hurt. Uh-uh, they're attaching faith. Because 
they not only got a strategy, they not only got a plan, they not only have understanding of, of who their opponent is, they've attached faith. So we can do this thing. Just say, we can do this. And even if they lose, they don't say, that didn't work. They didn't say that didn't work. They're, they're not going to say, well, let's be more pessimistic next game. No, uh-uh, because they know. They know they're changing their culture. They're breaking the losing culture off them. They're breaking the victim mindset off them. And, you know, I just say, man, think about what, what do you know? Phone the guy up. What do you know, Steve? What do you know? Wow. Call heaven. What do you know? And he says, Lord says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you. What do you know? What do you know to believe? What do you know to say? And what do you know to do? Those three things. And I, you know what I'm hearing over you? And Renee from my team is going to come up here in a moment and help close this. And I'm excited to hear what he's going to say. But I'm hearing that in this meeting, and Renee, why don't you grab that microphone, get up, get up here with me, because you and I are going to dialogue a little bit, because I know, <clears throat> everybody just say again, hi, Renee. Hi. He's going to introduce himself a little bit later, but I, I want to just get you up here. You know what, I'm, Renee, as, I, as I'm ministering this today, and I know, man, there's people watching online as well, and there's people within this room I'm just seeing that literally the Holy Spirit is ex exploding hope and revelation in the people and that this Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God, that God is clarifying and that, that literally people are, are hearing things and are reconfirming and the Lord is clarifying assignments, identities, promises in an incredible way. Wow. What would, as you've been sitting here listening to this, Ed, what, are you, what are you hearing? Steve, let me share first some of your wisdom Ooh. that was highlighted to me tonight. Wow. I've heard you many times, but tonight it was a special night. It is a special night. First you said that these people are promise releasers. It's true. Why don't you guys just say, I am a promise releaser. God has given them exceedingly promises to participate in the divine nature. And they will create a movement. <laughs> we bless you, explosive hope carriers. And then you spoke about people being delivered from pessimism, from lack of hope, that they were going to get rid of heaviness, <laughs> of the victim mindset. This is going to be a weekend of breakthrough. Something great is going to get on us. Whoa. <laughs> Just say it's getting on me. 
And then you share your message about what do you know? Steve, what do you know? I know more than I used to. <laughs> and you shared with us the Matthew 4.4 verse, um, and you spoke about the Rema word, which is an individual part of his word that is made real to me, to you, to each one of you. And you said that the quality of our lives depends on identifying what God is saying to me. That's the quality of my life. Say it with me. The quality of my life, life depends on what God is saying to me. Good job. Then you share with us uh, the first part, which is know what to believe. And you said that the kingdom moves backward by good beliefs. You're funny. <laughs> I wanted to catch to yeah. see if they were paying well, attention. Yeah, yeah. Don't scare me, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you said that the kingdom moves forward by good behavior. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> you said that right living comes from right believing. Yes. Come on. And then he shared us Romans 12, 2, says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, in know what to say, that we should analyze why we say what we say, because that is going to change and accelerate our lives. We get our identity from what we are created to do. Not what we we have done. Love it. So change your language from I have to to I get to. And those that believe, and then you share with us uh, we, the third part, which is we know what to do. Those that believe that know what to do, know what to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And you share with us that the nature of faith is that we believe before we experience. Wow. And then Roman 14.5 says that we are fully, that we should be fully convinced in our minds. And you said that these people here are influencers. Yep. God trust, say with me, God trust me. God, trust me. To figure it out. To figure it out. I do things. I do things. Cheerfully. Cheerfully. And then you wrapped it up by saying that we should call heaven and God will teach us what to know, well, what to believe, what to know, and what to do. What to say and what to do. What to say and what to do. Testing you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm listening carefully. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing, Steve? We're in Phoenix. We're surrounded by desert. And in the desert, there's dry and dead things. But these people here, 
are life restorers of dry and dead things. Mm. Yes. And I heard another phrase over them. They're heat drinkers. Heat drinkers? Heat drinkers. Can you explain that? <laughs> yes. They drink heat and they set others on fire. <laughs> and the last thing I heard is they have the Hebrew 1-9 anointing. They are anointed. Do you know the, what that is? They're anointed with an oil. What kind of oil? The oil of gladness. <laughs> the oil of gladness. Above who? Above what? Above all his companions. Yeah. Jesus was. Jesus was. Yeah. So I'm going to invite you to say to the person next to you, I, I am, am anointed, anointed with the oil of gladness. More than you. More than you. <laughs> 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 Whew, you guys appreciate Renee? Amen. Renee, um, you're from El Salvador. Yes. You went through Miami, uh, came to Bethel Church. School of Supernatural three years ago. This is your third year. You're serving on my team this year. Committed three years of your life, and you and your wife. Uh, something special is going to happen in it very soon. Very soon. What's yes. that? So me and my wife, we've been waiting to be pregnant for 12 years. Uh, back in August. Uh, we were doing, uh, we were planning on doing in vitro fertilization. Uh, we went to see the doctor, and the doctor gave us a diagnosis of, you know, if you don't do in vitro fertilization, you have no chance of getting pregnant. And then a month later, we said, well, Lord, you have to do a miracle, either financial <laughs> or the miracle, right? And a month later, God did the miracle. And my wife was pregnant. And really soon, in three weeks, the baby's going to be born. Yay! Why don't you just release a, a, a breakthrough for whether it's a medical thing or seemingly things that are imp seem impossible. Yeah, if you've got anything that seems impossible that you're contending for. I want you to stand up just yes. right now, and just Renee is going to um, just release this miracle. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Oh. Mm, thank you, Lord. Yes. You're faithful. And our faith is attached to your faithfulness. And in this moment, with my brothers and sisters, we partner believing for the impossible. Each one of us here was born to walk in the impossible, to see miracles happen. Yes. So I release you. miracles. I release Thank faith. You, yes, God. In Jesus' name.
Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just say, I receive that. Amen. Give it up for Renee and Robert. Charlotte, why don't you guys come on up? And you can just see. Yes. Wow. Whoa. Got a power couple here. Why don't you guys just introduce yourself, and then I want you to know my team, and then tomorrow they're going to be ministering even more. And so, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Before that, can I just say happy birthday to Nick? You know, I don't know if people know Yay. that. Just happy birthday, Nick. And, and Nick, I'm, I'm hearing refinement over your life. Refinement. Stand by. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Robert Kirby, I'm serving um, on Steve's team as a third year at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, Hi, I'm Charlotte, Charlotte Kirby. Um, I'm from Hong Kong, and uh, we are married for 22 years. We have two children, uh, one son, one daughter, and we are all studying at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Yes. And uh, Charlotte, let me ask you this. Yes. Um, you got saved in 2016. Yes. Both of you. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, both of us. Where were you? Um, we were saved in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, before we got saved, um, we, um, we attend a conference there. Before we got saved, actually, we have our leadership company. So... Um, for 2016, we just fly out to Florida to attend the John Maxwell Leadership Trainer Conference. And yes. John Maxwell said, I invite you if you want to come to a special meeting. Yes, yes, he did. He said it's optional, um, but if uh, anyone would like to join us, um, there's an optional worship session. You can come and join. So Robert and I at that time was curious. We're just curious, and um, if he asks us to go to church, probably we won't, but, you know, check it out. That's what we do. We're curious, and then we went there and entered into the ballroom, seeing about 700 people there. We felt the presence of God immediately, even don't know how to explain or no words to uh, describe it. We felt that, and John just shared his story about how he, uh, from a pastor, uh, went out to the marketplace and do what he did very successfully. And uh, then he invites who would like to know Jesus, the friend that I know. So um, we have about 100 people. Just uh, And you went yeah. forward. We went forward, yeah. And we you got born again. And we were born again right there, about 100 of us born wow. again. Wow, yes. give it up. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, Robert, I want to ask you, Robert is one of the um, most passionate people for personal growth that I've ever seen. This guy, he's relentless. He's reading books all the time. He's experimenting. He's doing things. Robert inspires me so much. And Robert, I want to just ask you a couple questions and just because we're talking to leaders here. You, you, you read so many books. What are some leadership books you've read recently or are currently reading that you think, man, you would recommend? Well, obviously, Steve, all of your books. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just... And I, 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 and yeah, I, know, yeah. you, I know you're going to, to mention some before you close. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to remember, yeah, but, but thank but, you. Um, 
that yeah. was a good setup, yeah. wasn't it? Um, okay, here we go. So uh, T.D. Jakes has just uh, published uh, an, an, a new book uh, called Don't Drop the Mic. <laughs> Uh, and I just uh, downloaded that. I read a lot of my books now on Kindle, you know, because leaders read, right? You, you know that. Leaders read. Uh, they, they read relentlessly, and then they take, because it only takes one idea to change your life, right? One idea from a book. So that's, that's a book, Steve, I'm, I'm re highly recommending. It's a very practical book. Uh, the, I've just been reading I jumped into Chapter 5. Uh, it's about preaching and some tips on preaching. Um, another book that I read recently yes, was... T.D. Jakes, Don't Drop the Mic. That's the title okay, of the what, book, what, yeah. What else? Uh, Peter, Pete Gregg, How to Pray. You, you know how, how important prayer is. Uh, some of you may have heard uh, of Peter, Pete Gregg. That's another a, a great book. Um, those of you, show me a show of hands. Those of you that like to have more financial abundance in your life, just give me a wave. That's everyone, right? Yeah, I'm waving as well. Um, uh, Robert Morris, uh, just, I uh, just read his book, just finished that, called The Blessed Life. Highly recommend that. Again, it's very practical, very practical how to get your, uh, you know, your, your financial life um, in order. Lots of great tips. So there's, uh, there's three right there, Steve. And I want to ask you one more question, Robert. Maybe tomorrow mm. you can share more on this. Um, you're also uh, an experimenter. I mean, you, you've, you've got flags of the nations around. You pray for a, a new nation, what, every day or every week? Every week we pray for a nation. you got a nation. What, what nation is this week? Uh, this week, uh, Monday, will be Indonesia. Okay, Indonesia. So you got a plan where you pray for a different nation every week. And then also, I heard about uh, uh, something, because you, you've been really... Uh, you're on a, a, a praying in the spirit rampage, and yes, Steve. Uh, and you you got an idea. What what was your latest idea? Yeah, this? so we got praying for the nations that we started last August. Uh, as you rightly said, we pray every week for a nation. Uh, we've released prayer. If you add up all of the nations, the population of those nations come to something like three and a half billion people that we've released prayer for. Um, the the latest um, project is praying in tongues. We know, I know you know how important praying in tongues is. Uh, that was a book actually I read recently about praying in tongues. So now every Monday morning, and you're most uh, welcome to join, just find a way to connect with me. Every Monday morning from 9 o'clock to 9.30 on a Zoom call, we pray in tongues for 30 minutes. And, and slowly we're building, we've got people, we've got a pastor from Malawi jumps on. Um, so that's... Well, let me uh, just understand this now. <laughs> yeah, yep. so you're on Zoom. Yep, and and so you just open the meeting. Yeah, we open and, the, mm. and then you just start praying. Well, nonstop. we have a theme. We have a theme. So the first five minutes, we're just doing a little bit of introduction. Uh, last week's theme was uh, uh, youth suicide. We're praying into that because you know that's a big issue, not just in the states but around the world, and uh, mental wellness. So we have a theme each week. Um, uh, so then you just trust the Lord that uh, in yep. your prayer language and you're then we, covering off we go. that. Then off we go until 9.30. And people are welcome to jump on for the full 30 minutes or just come on for 10 minutes. And I, I have this vision that eventually we're going to have, you know, uh, there's 195 nations. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that in the future we're going to have 50 or 60 nations represented on a Zoom call praying in tongues. That's going to be powerful. My, oh, my. So, so, Steve, just the point there is that uh, as leaders, you know, one of my mandates is teach what you want to learn. 
you know, um, so I want to become, uh, I want to spend more time in tongues, so what do I do? I, ha I have an accountability now. I know every Monday morning, for 30 minutes at least, we're going to be praying in tongues. So I just want to put that out to you. So if there's something that you want to learn, start a group. Start a small group. Start a home group. If it's a book you want to go through, or speak in tongues, or a language, just start to teach it. Uh, John Wesley, one of my... Um, Show me a show of hands if you know John, John Wesley, heard of John Wesley. He was born f uh, four miles from where I was born. I'm from the UK. And he's, a, he's sort of a hero for me. And one of his quotes is, uh, teach the little you know, so the little you know becomes a lot. I'll say that again. Teach the little you know. You start off with a little bit. Keep teaching it until it becomes a lot. And that's, that's what John Wesley, um, uh, was, was a quote from John. Well, anybody, Hope that helps, Steve. Anybody appreciate Robert? Now, you understand why he fires me up. I get around this guy. I say, whoo, I, I need to grow. And I love the creativity. Thank you. We'll hear more from you tomorrow. But let's, um, Charlotte, what, what do yes, you? Yes, Steve. Yeah, just as you've been praying over yes. this time, and I mm -hmm. know you're such a woman of intimacy with Jesus, mm -hmm. and you're a great preacher as well, and God's just doing such big things in your life. And Thank you, Lord. You, you come here on this ministry trip. You've been praying for mm -hmm. this group. What are, you, what are you getting? What are you sensing, hearing? Yeah, I have been uh, praying for um, this conference and also praying for this region uh, before I came here. So... Um, I, I have some download. Oh. Yeah, I can just share can that. Just share I, those. I have written it down, actually. Um, as I am praying, I'm seeing uh, fire, you know, ring of fire being lit up in the heart of the people. And um, it's being lit up by the Holy Spirit while they're listening to this message. I can see that. So it's you. It's anyone uh, represented in this room, and it's also anyone that's watching online. And um, because you guys are going to take this message and bring it back to your family, your neighbors, your houses, uh, and to the region. So I really um, sensing that um, because of that, you guys are going to usher in um, the uh, revivals coming. And then I am hearing the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, even before um, Steve, you said that the Lord spoke to me that you are speaking to hungry believers here. Yeah. Jesus lover, catalytic leader. They are, they are fathers and mothers of nations here. They are reformers here. They are future world changers here. And then that fear of the Lord just came on me. And don't underestimate the people here. It's not about number. It's about the quality of people here. So there, there you are, that you, you belong to them. Okay. And um, there are four words that I really have. Uh, all start with R, revival, renewal, um, resurrection, resurrection life and power, and reformation. So very quickly, can I just say a few words for this one? So um, um, revival, I heard very strongly the words say um, they will be a receiver of Joel 228, um, blessing. So God will pour out his spirit on all fleshes. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men 
and women dream dreams. Young people shall see visions. So these are all of you. And also they will be the carrier of Malachi 4, 6 blessing. Spirit of the Lord will turn the heart of the parents to the children and the heart of the children to their parents. And over the past two days, as I started to speak to the church, the family, and the Lord gave me this word, they are kingdom family multiplier. You know, in this upcoming revival that I'm seeing, the ring of fire is different. It's not just revival uh, individually. It's a revival of family. And they know how to ignite the fire within the heart of people, but they also know how to steal it because they know how to lead the family. So I bless that kingdom family multiplier blessing in you and through you. Um, renewal, I think, as Steve already mentioned, is the renewal of mind. As you listen to this message, the Holy Spirit has already, has already working in you, whether you feel it or not. It's in your spirit already. It's going to manifest. It's going to manifest. Um, it's easier than you think. He keep telling me, it's not by work. It's easier than you think, and you receive it. And if you believe that you receive it, would you say amen right now? <laughs> yes. And um, also resurrection. Uh, very quickly, resurrection um, is John 14, 12. Uh, I, I see this verse. And that verse has been resonating with me for over five years already. And I'm sensing the Lord is saying that the resurrection, um, the belief of resurrection, the seed of believing is in you. The seed is already being sown in your heart and you will do greater thing. You will do greater thing because Jesus is coming to the Father and you will do greater thing. You are Jesus 2.0. Whatever Jesus do, you will do also. And greatest thing shall you do. Greater thing shall you do. And the finally is reformation. And that part, Holy Spirit really honed that in. He said, make sure, tell those people. Reformation. I need to declare right now that Joseph 24.15. Not Joseph, sorry. Joshua 24.15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I declare that over you right now. That your whole family, not just love the Lord. The Lord just say that declare over them, bless over them. That your whole household, not just love the Lord in unity. But you, all of you will serve the Lord. You will carry the glory of God in any way that God called you to. You will live in with your purpose and you will walk in the dream that God have in your heart. So house will serve the Lord. Wow, you guys received that. Why don't you give it up for these guys? Thank you. They've got an assignment. I want to just before we close, give away a couple books. Hey, um, uh, Charlotte, I want you to, I want to give this book, um, Igniting Faith in 40 Days. It's a 40-day devotional. It's the first book we wrote. This is a flammable book as well. And it's uh, The Power of Hope, Declarations, and Negativity Fast. I mean, if you want more of this message, this is a simple but powerful way. It's, it's a 40-day journey. Why don't you give it to the lady right in the third row? What's your name there? Yep. Hey, Susan. Yep. Susan, by the way, I hear this these words over you. You're... The Lord's giving you supernatural strategies. You're a supernatural strategist. 
and there's just downloads of creative ideas and just even the prophetic anointing that's on your life and of prophetic acts and things the Lord has you do. Uh, there's a whole new way, wind on you of just the presence of God and the wind of the Holy Spirit. And you're going you're gonna to feel promptings to do some things that you may not understand, but you're going to do them. And, and they're going to create breakthrough. It's like the king who struck the ground three times. He didn't know why he was doing it, but he didn't understand the opportunity there. And so I say thank you for, for that anointing that's on your life. And you're, you're in a new season. I just see a new season of the move of the Holy Spirit in you and through you. There's a book, The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. My goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. That's Bill Johnson's quote. This is a great book for leaders, parents, anybody who wants to influence people because uh, empowerment is not just a management style, leadership style, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of seeing things. It's a way of understanding relationships and the dynamic of relationships, why we have relationships. Jesus said the greatest of you would be the servant of all. And when we, when we begin to serve the dreams of other people, begin to identify the gold in other people, create win-win, and as leaders, I mean, our, our goal as leaders is not just to create slaves to accomplish the leader's goal, but is to, it's to unlock what's in people. And there's a win-win in the relationship. Robert, just go find somebody back there, whoever you think the Lord is leading, and give that to. And last book is, this is a book called Possessing Joy, A Secret to Strength and Longevity. It's my journey on it's an eight-week personal or group devotional on the power of joy the biblical basis for joy some of the enemies of joy and it also has some scientific documentation uh, of evidence uh, for the benefits of laughter imagine that science catching up with the bible again that actually laughing improves your health. And I've got a couple jokes in here. And let me just give you one of them. Um, just, here's a, here's a good one. <clears throat> a woman has twins and gives them up for adoption. One of them goes to a family in Egypt and is named Amal. The other goes to a family in Spain. They name him Juan. Years later, Juan sends a picture of himself to his birth mother. Upon receiving the picture, she, said, she tells her husband that she wishes she also had a picture of a mall. Her husband responds, they're twins. If you've seen Juan, you've seen a mall. <laughs> Thank you for that laugh. Can you find someone to give that to? Hey, here's what we're going to do. Just um, We've got a book table back there. I've got a lot of... A lot of things. Here's how you can connect with us. I do a podcast every week, blog every week. We've got the Igniting Hope Academy as well. There's, there's on. Gonna give the same guy the book. Yes. And yeah, just that's you can connect with us if you want more of what we're doing. Sign up for our newsletter. My wife Wendy's starting an online course. Um, Monday called Spirit Living using her book Living from the Unseen that's on the table. It's an eight-week online course about takes two three hours a week and it'll be transformational and 
my brother Phil and I are doing a course this summer called The Culture of Empowerment. He helped me write the book, Empowerment, 12-week online course. So here's team. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, Charlotte, get here. Robert, get there. Uh, Renee here. Those of you who want to stay uh, and get more. I mean, we've all, God's already done a lot. But if you want more, Robert's going after physical healing. He's going to do a mini healing service. He's not praying for individuals, whether two or ten come to him. He's just going to release healing. If you need a miracle in your body, you want breakthrough. Renee's going to be releasing uh, a breakthrough uh, with uh, encountering the Father's love. And he had a great encounter. His, his father actually was assassinated. He was a governmental official in El Salvador when he was five. And the Lord's done a great thing in his life to bring healing and receive the Father's love directly from him. And so he's got a, a great anointing there. And, and then uh, Charlotte is going to uh, just a fresh Holy Spirit filling. And again, this is a group thing. So they're, they're not going to be praying for individuals. Maybe at the end they will, but at first they'll just wait to see who comes and what's happening. We're going to have a great day tomorrow. Dan, you want to close? and. Come on, one more time. If you got something out of that tonight, just give a round of applause for Steve. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., 9 a.m., we'll, we'll be here. Um, if you want to give into Steve's ministry, you can fill, fill out an envelope and write Steve on it. You can also go online, any of the, there's a text to give, there's a, uh, on the app, on Pushpay, all that stuff. Just put Steve in the comments, and we'll make sure that that gets to him. Um, we will see you tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that you're good. You're with us. We thank you that we're going forth in faith, and we're coming back in faith tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to receive some prayer, come on up, and we will see you tomorrow.